the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join our conversation. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Thank you for joining us again this evening. And I'm so happy to, of course, be in studio again with my wonderful co-host, Abigail Johnson. Good evening. Tonight, we are going to be looking at some of the most recent test scores that have been released. Now, everybody, don't just tune out because we're going to talk <laughs> about boring test scores. I <laughs> this know. is extremely important, It actually. is. It's really, really, yes. I promise we're going to make it interesting. We're going to make it fun. But it is, we are taking a look at some stats, some data. But really what I think that we want listeners to understand is it is an excellent refutation on the drumbeat that we have heard for the past three years by people in media, by various doctors saying, don't worry, we can keep the, the schools closed. Kids, Kids are, are resilient. resilient. <laughs> yes, don't worry. They don't need to learn how to do math. It's fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. And what we found is, look, most parents were sitting at home with their kids going, wait a minute. Think, it is not fine. No. This is not fine. And People they, knew intuitively yes. that that was not true. And they were they were vilified by the teachers, by school administrations, by various news outlets. They had all adopted one philosophy, which was, you know, we're all going to stay home, stay safe, and we're not going to deal with any of the consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, or And there, there just won't be any. And what these scores show is that, well... Here, parents were right. Congratulations! Congratulations! These are these are your chickens. They're home to roost. They are coming home to roost. And don't you find it interesting that now the Democrats in Congress are saying, "Oh, we we have to investigate who was behind these lockdowns and school closures." And I'm thinking, do you really think the American people are that stupid? Yep. I mean, really? I Anthony Fauci went on (laughs) live went on the record saying, "Well, I mean." I was never pushing for schools to be closed. Yeah, what a I'm joke. Going, oh, are you oh, kidding me? Here, here the yes, beauty is yes, um, the internet is yes. forever. Let's, do you, do you yes, know we have know. you on video doing this? They hope that people forget. They, they count on short memories mm-hmm. of Americans and they count on the media helping them keep America's memory short. Yes. Well, so. here at Education America, we have the receipts yes. and one of them is, 
Um, the National Assessment of Educational Progress, we're going to refer to that by its super cool NAEP. acronym, N-A-E-P, mm-hmm. um, recently res- uh, released test scores. So children all across the nation take these test scores. So what we kind of have is, um, you know, a delineation of how Minnesota did specifically and then how the nation did Mm -hmm. as a whole. But overall, Rebecca, what did we see? Oh, my gosh. It's not good. Major drops. And just to give people a little bit of background on NAEP, um, this is called our nation's report card. And you've probably heard that term um, back in the Bush years when all of the school reform started to become a big issue. And we've been hearing, of course, about school reform ever since. But those tests, I think, were started in 1990. And it's a score of zero to 500, right? So 500 is the top score that you can get. And they test, um, I think they tested about 11,000 schools, some almost 500,000 students. But the point I want to make is that the top score on these NAEP tests is 500. So for both the reading and the math. In Minnesota, our fourth grade students scored 239 in math. Okay, so the drop is really, really important. They dropped by, I think, something like uh, 11 points mm-hmm. um, from previously taking taking the test in 2019, which is ridiculous. Um, but let's look at how low that is compared to a score of 500. That's We're talking less than the 50th percentile, right? Mm-hmm. Or less than 50% of the score. Um, that is very frightening. And yep. and when you look at it nationwide, it's kind of the same thing. It's the same story. Um, but Minnesota being one of the sc- states that did have their schools shut down, mm-hmm. uh, many of the districts had their schools shut down and online. And then when they did return, they were masking their kids, which we know was very detrimental for learning as well. Um the scores have dropped significantly. So 11 points in math and then another, uh, what was that? Another, let's see, national average was 235 for math and 216 for reading. So um, they were even below the national average in reading. So our scores in Minnesota were 215 for fourth graders. The average national was 216. You know, all these people that say Minnesota schools, they're so great. Mm, they yeah. They were. They were great. They were. They were. Um, it is a thing of the past, sadly. Mm-hmm. And like you point out, Abigail, COVID shutdowns caused a detrimental loss of learning in a huge portion of our nation's school children. Mm-hmm. And some are probably never going to recover from it, especially our most disadvantaged kids. Yep. And that was the thing that was so stunning to me is that the very kids that we're all the most concerned about, and we always talk about this achievement gap, especially here in Minnesota where we yep. have one of the worst, yet they were the schools that were closed the most. Yep, absolutely. You know, Minneapolis public schools were closed and um, online they know that Many of those kids never even came to school. Yep. St. Paul lost kids. They don't even know where they ended up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, these are really horrendous data points for our nation's schools, but especially for the state of Minnesota. Absolutely. And I think that it was it's really worth talking about even um, people in the state of Minnesota, but also nationally are, are having this discussion. Um, I did find a really interesting study showing that basically there are um, trends um, 
between red and blue states. Mm-hmm. So um, it, this is an article from, it, it's uh, called The Daily Wire, if any of you all are interested. I do mm-hmm. believe it might be behind a paywall, so I apologize for that. Um, but basically, they put together these NAEP scores and correlated them with, well, you know, are these scores from red or blue states? How does that, mm-hmm. you know, does it correlate with how long the school was closed? Mm-hmm. And they found that overall, yes, um, the schools that were closed the longest, so this would be Virginia, Oregon, Minnesota, Maryland, D.C., Nevada, and New York, all of them were closed the longest, and they saw some of the biggest drops in mm. both both math and reading. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, mm-hmm. um, none of the schools showed huge improvement from the 2019 scores. Um, the only schools that saw a minor improvement in scores was, of course, Florida, because <laughs> they kept their schools open. Mm-hmm. Also, Louisiana and Alabama also kept their schools mostly open. They did see an incremental improvement in their scores. Now, there mm-hmm. is one. This is weird. And, you know, I think everyone will think this one is really weird, but unusual. So Hawaii, which mm-hmm. their schools were completely closed, yes. very democratic state, um, they did see a small increase. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, to mm-hmm. me, I just think, okay, well, that's all the fresh air and you live <laughs> by the ocean. Right. Maybe people are just naturally smarter there? I don't know. Um, I think I would do all of my best thinking and test taking in Hawaii personally. I mean, we could go test that out, that theory. We could Wouldn't let that the, be nice? I know. It would be I great. I think we should do that, Abigail. This winter, okay? I know. Okay. I mean, we Let's could, go do some research on the Hawaiian I, schools. I mean, everyone would be really interested right. in, in those results, wouldn't they? Right, right, right. <laughs> well, you know, and one of the things that I want to point out too, and I think this was pointed out in one of the articles, is that this is also a reflection of the drop in ACT scores. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be fair, we have been seeing drops in test scores consistently for Mm -hmm. about the last five, six years, since about 2015. I actually went back and checked the Minnesota SATs or ACT scores. And the highest they were was in 2013 or 14, I think. And Common Core entered into the scene around that time. Mm. And I have been a huge critic of Common Core state standards. In Minnesota, we only took on the reading. We didn't take on the math. But by virtue of the fact that math um, Common Core was so common Mm -hmm. (laughs) across the nation, by default, Minnesota ended up using Common Core math because mm-hmm. that's what the tests were based on. That's what most of the curriculum was based upon. And so we basically ended up with math, um, Common Core math by default. And we see kids coming into our program at Liberty that have come out of Common Core math and they are very confused. They're confused. Mm-hmm. And so there's no surprise that honestly, math and reading scores. And then, of course, reading, um, they were moving away from reading. Um, using phonetics and going more to a whole language, using much more of a tech-based learning program, which we know, um, again, prior to COVID, reading scores were were sinking across the nation prior to COVID because of all the technology-based reading curriculum that we were seeing. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't just in Minnesota. This was nationwide. So I do think, while I do, I kind of want the one big story to to show, yes, COVID shutdowns and lockdowns, they, they, 
ex, ex, they, they made the the um, drop in these test scores much more precipitous, right? Mm-hmm. It happened much more quickly. They dropped more significantly, but they were already on the wrong path. Yep. And I think it's important for our listeners to note that not only are school closures, masking and that type of thing leading to these drop in test scores, but we need to make sure that we're speaking up about what types of curriculum actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, state of California is already finally admitting that maybe their whole language doesn't work and that maybe that was kind of a political. They actually even admitted in one article that it was a political kind of a political way of teaching reading. Well, now that they're seeing that their trouble with test scores, they are starting to go to maybe more of a phonics based reading program as well, because mm-hmm. guess what? It we works. Know it works. It, it's worked right. for a long time, guys. Right. right. I mean, I just honestly, why do you all want to reinvent the wheel? Don't you have other things to do? Yeah. Like, let's just yeah. let's use what works. Well, I think what we want to do, we have we have to ask ourselves, what is the purpose of education? Mm-hmm. And I think, sadly, what we're seeing is a divide in our nation as to what is the purpose of an education. You and I have one view. Our mm-hmm. view is to give kids the very best education possible so that they have the tools to go on and succeed in life and be great contributors to society. Others view education as a means to be able to change a culture. Yep. And um, therefore, the learning becomes secondary. And and to change a culture into their preferred form. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I would say, again, more of the classical style is, of course, we're, we're going to do things like focus on truth, on beauty, on goodness. Mm-hmm. We're going to cultivate critical thinking skills. However, you know, the whole point is to teach students that there is a, a logical and systematic way to work through things, mm-hmm. uh, that questioning is good. Yeah. So, you know, something like, so h- tell me, how did you come to that conclusion? Mm-hmm. What data supports that? Um, those aren't questions that should startle kids and make them feel, <clears throat> quote unquote, attacked. Right. This should be very normal. Right. Of Well, shouldn't we always be asking these questions? Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're looking now and um, you're seeing all over the place. Again, we, we just spoke last week about this concept of that, that speech is violence. Mm-hmm. And that so we should make sure that everyone, you know, feels safe. Well, we're seeing now, you know, if you if you take the logical next step, it's well, then who decides that? Right. Mm-hmm. Is it just mm-hmm. the loudest person? Mm-hmm. Um, is it is it the person that is creating the the biggest tantrum. I mean, if we're going to call it that, Mm -hmm. Um, what does that lead to in our society? And again, you know, I would say that the more classical view says, well, let's sit down. We don't have to like each other. We don't have to agree with each other. Um, But let's sit down and try to use facts and reason and see if we can persuade Mm -hmm. and convince. And if we can't, well, okay. Agree to disagree. uh, We need to agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you are listening to Education America on AM 1280, The Patriot, and we are covering the latest test results from the um, National Assessment for Educational (laughs) Progress, NAEP, and then how this is part of a continuing downward trajectory of students' test scores in the United States. And again, I just want to remind our listeners that if the top score, top score is 500, and we're looking at a score of 239 in math, in Minnesota's fourth graders, and 215 in reading in Minnesota's fourth graders. And then in Minnesota eighth grade, it's not much better, 
280 in math and 260 in reading. So just barely above, you know, 50%. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, again, want our listeners to understand that we really have a problem here in this state, too, that Mm -hmm. we can't take for granted that, oh, I live in Minnesota where the education is excellent. Things are changing here in Minnesota as well. Um, it is not the education that you even maybe have received 10 years ago. Yep. Um, and even Peggy Carr, who is the commissioner of the National Center for Educational Statistics, told the Associated Press that when we experience a one to two point decline in these NAEP scores, we're talking about it as a significant impact on a student's achievement in math we experienced an eight-point decline. This is nationally now. Mm -hmm. Historic, she said, for this assessment. And that is from 2019 to 2022. So again, she's saying we have a major problem on our hands and we need to try to make up for this. Um, And of Mm -hmm. course, everyone would agree with that. I think everyone on both sides of the aisle. But the question is, you know, how do you make up for two years of learning loss Mm -hmm. on the part of so many children, and especially those in the most disadvantaged areas? And no amount of money that you can throw at a problem like that is going to change it. You know, you can add tutoring and, and, you know, some of the federal dollars, the stimulus dollars have gone towards providing more tutoring for students to help them make up Um, for the learning loss. But I mean, the bottom line is that these kids basically weren't in school for two years. Mm -hmm. And these are, you know, when you think about a child who's maybe five, six years old, that's a third of their life. And some of the (laughs) most impactful years on, um, we know that students have kind of a time frame where you either learn to read or you you don't. And, you know, of course, you know, there can always be some improvements made if a student, for whatever reason, is not getting a solid academic foundation. But that leaves big, a lot of ground to cover. Yep. Um, and sometimes students are able to do it. Sometimes they're mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And that this really is a pivotal time in yep. their life. And, you know, I was listening to um, another news station and they were actually talking about what you mentioned, Rebecca, these, uh, you know, copious amounts of federal dollars that have been distributed under the guise of trying to ameliorate mm-hmm. these results. And what this site found was that in most schools, um, of all of the dollars that have been allocated to schools to help with learning loss, mm-hmm. the schools have spent very few of those dollars. Yep. They're yep. holding it back. And you. So yep. I would encourage, again, mm-hmm. encourage listeners, if you're mm-hmm. ending up at a school board meeting, Ask them, how much money did we get? You know, did my district get? Mm-hmm. And how much of that have we actually used on things that will specifically Benefit help children, students? Mm-hmm. Well, and if you look at the last three years since the stimulus, or two years, I should say, since 2020, when the um, schools were closing and all the stimulus packages were being passed to, to help schools, First, reopen that. That was part of the money, by the way. It was meant mm-hmm. to go to school districts so that they could reopen safely. Yet most of them didn't. When they did, they made the kids mask, which, by the way, as a speech pathologist, <laughs> that is one of the most damaging things you can do to kids, both socially, emotionally, and from a learning perspective. When mm-hmm. you don't get facial cues, especially for three, four, five, six, and seven-year-old kids who, who are still just developing all those skills, um, they don't 
they, they, they are behind emotionally as well as they are um, behind academically. But that being said, all that money that was supposed to go to reopening, A, they didn't use it for that. Now they're spending all, giving them all this money to help them catch up and they're not using the money for that either. Now these kids who are maybe, you know, kindergarten, first, second grade when this was all happening, by the time you reach third grade, you always say, now you have to read to learn, mm-hmm. right? And are we going to just hold back you know, two years worth of kids mm-hmm. and say, oh, no, we're going to redo the last two years of education? Well, we know we're not going to do that because then what are we going to do with the new four, four and five-year-olds that are coming in? Mm-hmm. So this, this group of kids that was caught in this two-year time period, especially if they were in K-1 or 2, it's going to be very difficult for them because if they didn't learn to read, which so many of them didn't, then they are going to have to now figure out how am I going to learn my complicated math, science, history as we start going into these other subject areas. And, you know, when I say many of them didn't, I guess what I'm saying is it's more about those kids who are in disadvantaged areas where maybe they didn't have a mom or a dad or a grandparent at home that could help them through, right? Those kids that were learning online who had support at home, probably made it through okay. They're mm-hmm. still going to have learning loss, but hopefully they still learned their sounds and their letters and were learning how to read, what have you. But so many kids didn't have that. Yep. I remember going to a restaurant where everybody was masked and there was this little boy in a booth with a mask on with a little tablet in front of him. He looked to be maybe in first or second grade. Clearly his mother had brought him to work and he was sitting there with this tablet. Yep. And I thought, he, you can tell he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's just kind of sitting there staring at this tablet. And I thought he's he's at work with his mom to be safe because mm-hmm. she doesn't want to leave him at home alone, of mm-hmm. course, because they didn't want to do daycare either unless you paid for it. Yeah. The school said, well, you can bring the kids in for daycare, but then you have to pay for it mm-hmm. in many cases. So there he is sitting with his while his mom is working, staring at this tablet. He wasn't learning anything. Yep. It was heartbreaking for me. I wanted to go over there and just start helping him. And those are the parents that a lot of them, you know, they were and still are caught between a rock and a hard place mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, they don't have the resources. So, you know, we would encourage again, you know, we should be asking our school districts, where is that money? Is it going to doing things specifically to help kids that really do need and what they need is face to face time with someone like a tutor who can really help them. Um, One other thing that I thought was interesting, um, these results do show there is very clear correlation between Mm -hmm. school closures and um, a learning drop in students. But what was really fun um, for me to find was an educator who was willing to say, yep, all this stuff is important, but by the way, it's not the whole story. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. So kind of um, tied to what I was saying. The test scores have actually been dropping for a long time. Yep. And this mm-hmm. is, again, this is a Daily Wire article. Um, I encourage everybody to check out. They have a really great news site. They interview people that sometimes uh, you will not find them kind of in more conventional media. So I absolutely love kind of going off the beaten path on this. But Nicholas Giordano, he's a professor of political science, and he's a higher education fellow with the Leadership Institute's campus reform. Uh, He basically said education has been failing students for a really long time. Education has the system has collapsed. It's been that way for quite a while. I think the bigger story is that even as ACT scores have been falling for five years in a row, the standards at the same time have been dropping as well. 
adding that tests are easier today than they used to be, but students are getting worse grades mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he he kind of goes on in this article about how the education system is not really based on education anymore. It's based on kind of just channeling kids through because we know, Rebecca, that school districts get their money based on how many butts are in the seats. Mm -hmm. So if that bottom is not in a seat, they don't get federal funding and state funding for that child. Mm -hmm. So what they do is, well, you you really didn't pass, say, third grade. You don't have the scores to show that you, even though we are dropping our expectations all the time, you're still not meeting those expectations, but they're passing that child along anyway to fourth grade Mm -hmm. rather than maybe having the parent pull their child out of school or doing something else. They're just channeling kids on to the next grade, whether they are actually acquiring, Mm -hmm. you know, the baseline level amount of information. Which is how we end up with Minneapolis public schools having only about 30 percent of their minority students passing their math tests Mm -hmm. or their reading tests. I think it's 24 percent for one one or the other, 24 percent for reading and and 30 for math or it's vice versa Mm -hmm. um, for African-American kids and Hispanic kids, not much better. And, you know, like you say, they're just getting passed year after year after year after year. And that means you end up with kids graduating high school who don't know how to read. Mm-hmm. who don't know how to do basic math. How are they supposed to function in society? Mm-hmm. And then you have the governor in it's either Washington State or Oregon who just said, well, I want to eliminate all of the standards for graduation in math and reading, and I think it was science, because, oh, because that's too hard for the minority kids. I mean, talk about a shameful way of victimizing people and not holding them to standards where you know they will succeed. Yep. I just find it appalling. And again, I think part of the reason why she was doing that is because she knows that the test scores dropped over the last couple of years because they shut down their state. So, yep. you know, this is the thing. It's like, oh, oh, I guess it did matter. And we better cover it up by not having any standards and just let these kids all graduate through. And we'll just pretend like everything was mm-hmm. fine. Never mind that these are real individuals yes. that need to go out and somehow survive in society. Yep. And how they are they need going to, to be do able that? to earn a living? How yeah. do you do that? And then we wonder why we end up with all well. this violence in mm-hmm. our streets, right? That's the other thing during COVID here in Minneapolis. Anyway, the kids weren't in school. Yep. <laughs> Many of the kids that needed to be in the school the most were the ones that were out doing the things that were causing the problems, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were talking about 12, 13, 14 year old kids doing carjackings in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And why? Well, because they weren't in school. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, this is not only good, bad for them as kids, but it's also bad for society. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason why there was a rule that you have to be in school, at least until you're 16 years old. And yet we just kind of threw that right out the window during COVID. Yep. And and look at the result that we have now, mm-hmm. a group of uneducated kids. And how are we going to help them? Yep. Even especially the ones that are are graduating, graduating, quote unquote. Um, from going out into the world and now they need to find their own way. Yeah. Yes. And and that's going to be very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, and again, we want to look at, you know, like you said, what is our vision for education? Yeah. You know, what are we teaching them? Are we teaching them actual skills that will help them in the long run to be able to, you know, contribute whatever it is, whatever their gifts and talents are to society, you know, so that they have a sense of pride and accomplishment and be able to build a life for build themselves? Life. Mm-hmm. Or are they going to just walk around 
and unable to, you know, suffering disappointment after disappointment because, you know, the adults in their life weren't willing to be actual adults and say, no, you really do. You need to learn this. Not because I'm trying to be mean or cruel, but because I really want what's best for you. I want you to be able to do something in the long term. That's what we want for most. That's what we want for all the kids, right? Exactly. All right. Well, on that note, um, on that somber note, actually, right? (laughs) Um, We want to thank our listeners for joining us tonight on Education America. And we hope that you will um, check out our website, uh, savetheclassroom.com, where you can listen to this podcast and other podcasts from previous episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And most importantly, we hope that you'll join us again next Saturday night at 6 p.m. AM 1280 The Patriot. Have a good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.